0: Now that we've shut down the Patreon and we're no longer putting out new episodes over there, we wanted to put some of the old episodes out here on the free feed. But due to how old some of them are... We wanted to provide a little bit of context before each episode. So this episode was recorded on June 24th, 2021, and my son was born two days before then. So John handled this episode on his own, and he talks all about copywriting. There are just 16 days remaining of our Black Friday sale that we extended to the end of the year. If you want to get in, dropshipbreakthrough.com forward slash Black Friday, or for the full course, dropshipbreakthrough.com forward slash join. You can find both those links in the show notes. Again, we're raising prices on January 1st. If you've been waiting to get in, you've got about two weeks left to get in. We'd love to have you inside. Uh, We look forward to having you join our course and build a business and helping you grow as a human. Check out the links in the show notes, and we'll see you on the inside. Hey guys, it's John here, and welcome back to the Dropship Podcast. And this is, of course, episode 14. And you're getting a dose today of the Solo John Show. That's right, it's just going to be me today. My usual partner in crime, Ben, is having a week off this week because he's uh, had the good fortune to enjoy the birth of his son, Carson. Uh, was born earlier this week uh, very healthy looking boy very big boy um, and uh, i haven 't well i haven 't had a chance to chat with ben since um i can 't imagine i can only imagine he is very happy it 's ben 's first biological child he is a stepfather already um and it 's certainly you know a massive life thing to go through uh certainly as somebody who has four children I can attest to that uh, and it really is a life changing experience um having particularly your first biological child and and for me it was really something that changed um how I thought about business how I approached business and and pretty much everything in my life so look before we jump into anything of course big congratulations to Ben um feel free guys reach out share share the love with him uh tell him congratulations and no doubt uh you know we'll share some sh- share some pictures of young Carson um, in the not-too-distant future and a bit more information about that. I'm sure me and Ben will talk about that on an upcoming show. Uh, but we still wanted to get something out to you today. So today you're going to be listening to just me arguing with myself uh, about copywriting. So um, we're going to talk through today uh, some actionable steps that you can uh, implement in your business to help you uh, produce better copy for uh, your products on your high-ticket dropshipping site. And so we're going to talk through, I guess, a a structure for product descriptions and things like that, and some of the the aims of what you're trying to do with your copy. And I think this is an area that doesn't really get as much attention as it deserves for high-ticket dropshipping businesses. So I don't hear a lot of people talking about this. Now, we all know that we need to have um, we need to write unique product descriptions and all of that sort of thing. You have probably had that drilled into you um, primarily from the SEO perspective, right? So a, a lot of what we do often when we first start out, people will grab the, the descriptions from their suppliers website or something like that, get their products live and then they learn at some point that, well, that's actually duplicate content and that's going to hurt your site from an SEO perspective. And that's absolutely right. You do need to have product descriptions that are that are unique, that don't exist anywhere on the internet, and that are over a certain length, so they're also not considered to be thin content. So that's from the SEO perspective, and that is all 100% true. But what doesn't get talked about a lot is that, actually, your product description serves another purpose. It's not just there for SEO. It's actually there to help you sell your products. But I wanna ask you a question. How much have you thought, have you actually put into as to whether or not your descriptions are actively selling your products, right? So your product description is kind of like your little salesperson on the page. That's how you've got to think of your product description, right? Think of the traditional retail environment. Somebody goes into a retail store, right? You know, if it's, if it's a decent business that's doing their job well, they're going to get approached when they get into the store and a salesperson's going to come up to them and ask them some questions, find out what they're interested in. And then when, once the salesperson's got an idea of what that person's interested in, what they're trying to achieve, what they're trying to solve, they're going to recommend a product to them. And then they're going to talk to the person about what's great about that product, how it's going to benefit them how it's going to change their life what it's going to mean for them and they're going to actively try and sell the product Um, and so this is the question do your product descriptions do that so what we're going to talk through today is I guess uh, a setup for for your product descriptions that will enable your product descriptions to sell more of your products now we're not going to go deep into super advanced copywriting or anything like that this is really um, the starting point if you like but after looking at hundreds of high-ticket dropshipping sites I know that this is something that most people are not doing even the minimum most people are writing a product description that describes the product and its features so essentially it's telling people what they can see in the product images on the site now, once again, from an SEO perspective, that's definitely 100% better than nothing if it's unique. But from the perspective of selling your product, it's not entirely helpful. Now, a lot of people will say, well, John, we've got great images and we've got videos and that's doing the job of selling the product. And, and you know what? I mean, partially, that's that's absolutely true. Great images, video if you can get it, are fantastic ways to help you sell your products. You know, the more your customer can see of the product, the better it's going to be. But the reality, particularly with high ticket products, is that for, in a lot of markets and a lot of niches, those products tend to be more complicated. They tend to have more going on. And it's actually harder to demonstrate all the features and everything that that product can do via images and even via video. And so there is still a massive role to play for the product description. And I mean, if you think about it, oftentimes people can't watch a video, for example. Now, what if you're at work? Someone's at work and they're doing their shopping, trying to do it on the sly, so their boss doesn't know. What if they're on public transport while they're doing their shopping? They can't listen to the audio, right? So the description is still 100% relevant and important for um, selling your products, So the first step really is thinking about, so the first step when you're going to write copy, and I'm going to say that you don't have to write all the copy for your business. I'm going to tell you an approach to writing copy for your product descriptions that's going to help you to sell more products. But that doesn't mean that you have to do it, right? Um, If you've got a site that's got hundreds of products on it, you're probably at some point going to outsource this work. So you're going to hire somebody to write, your copy. And as part of doing that, you do need to be able to explain to them how you want your copy written. What structure are they going to follow? Um, You know, what needs to be in those descriptions? What approach should they bring? And so even if you're not writing your own copy, this is still worthwhile for you to think about and to go through so that you can provide proper instructions to whoever is writing your copy. So there's a few principles I think that it's really important to get clear on um, in the beginning when you're coming to, to write copy. The first is, you know, if you're a complete, completely new to this topic, what actually is copywriting in the first place? Well, because there are two types of writing that we tend to do on our websites. There's content writing and there's copywriting. Now, the two are not the same. When somebody says they're a content writer, that does not mean they know how to write copy. Content is like writing a blog post. That's content. Copywriting is writing that is actively trying to persuade the reader to take an action. I.e. in the case of a product description, the action is to buy the product. And so the word there is active persuasion. And the way that we persuade people to do something is to hit certain psychological triggers that will dispose them to taking that action. And so what that means is is that copywriting has to do some specific things in a, in order for it to have that intended result. And those specific things are not things that you would tend to do when you're content writing. Okay? So just bear that in mind, but that's really the definition of what is copywriting. It's writing that actively seeks to persuade the reader to take an action. So how do you do that? How do you persuade somebody to take an action? Well, the way that you do that is by making them feel emotions. So humans are emotional. We're emotional beings. Now, some people like to refute this, but it's it's pretty well proven, scientifically proven. I'm even going to go so far as to say. People make decisions based on emotions that they then support with logic. So most of the decisions that you make, you're not actually making them, right? So the last step in the decision-making process is when your brain logically tells yourself that you've made a decision and it was the right decision to take. Most of your decisions are actually made before you think about it subconsciously. They're driven by what people like to call your lizard brain, right? Which is which is where your emotions are developed. Now, I'm not going to dive into the science of which parts of your brain drive this and all that sort of thing. It's a very interesting topic and maybe one day we'll cover it in more detail if anyone's mad to hear it. But essentially, what it's important to realize is that a lot of our most, if not all of our decisions are made subconsciously and then our conscious brain feels a need to justify those subconscious decisions and so it will look for logical proof to support it, right? So what that means is, is that to get somebody to subconsciously make a decision, we need to trigger emotions in them. And then to make sure that decision sticks, we need to provide them logical support for the emotions that they're feeling. Okay. So stick with me here, right? Whereas if you don't trigger someone's emotion and you just give them logic, they're less likely to make the decision and take the action that you want them to take. And so where most people in high-ticket dropshipping are at with their product descriptions is they're giving people just logic. They're saying, this is what the product is. This is what you can see. This is what it does, right? So they'll have a simple... You know, a few paragraphs of description of the product, and then they'll have a list of the benefits and then a list of the specifications of the product. You know, it's this size, it's got this many widgets, it does this, it does that, right? That's all logic, right? Which is important. You need that stuff. You absolutely need that stuff. And a lot of that stuff you're going to get off your supplier, right? The specifications, for example, they are what they are. They're not going to change and you don't bring any creativity to that element of the description. But that's the last thing somebody needs when they're making the decision to buy a product. There's bits that come before that though, which is what most people are missing. And that's the emotion. So how do you drive or how do you get somebody to feel emotion, to experience emotion? Um, and what do I actually mean by that? Like let's, let's just break that down a little bit. And the way I like to talk about that is to go back to the notion that people are not buying your product for the product itself, okay? They are buying the product to experience the outcome that the product is going to provide for them, right? So I, like, I always say that we're not in the job of selling products. We're in the job of solving people's problems. So people are coming to your website because they have a problem they are looking to solve. and that, the, 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 that that solution and that problem creates a desire for the product that is going to provide that solution. But at the heart of it, everybody's shopping because they have a problem they want to solve. okay? I want to buy a Lamborghini. What's my problem? 100% people who buy Lamborghinis experience almost uniformly, the problem of um, status they seek they don't feel their status is at the level they want it to be at and so they feel the need to go and buy a wildly overpriced impractical vehicle that they can barely drive anywhere and is a terrible investment so that other people will think them to be successful or they will feel more successful in and of themselves for almost all of the people that buy such a car, there is no practical benefit to having that vehicle. Okay, now sure, some people might buy them to take them out on a racetrack and race them. Once again, though, that's solving a different problem. Okay, and it's providing a different solution, but there is little practical benefit to spending half a million dollars on a car that you can barely drive anywhere without damaging it or that costs you tens of thousands of dollars to maintain, for example. And that's not why people buy it. They don't buy those cars so they can take their kids places so they can pick up shopping down at the mall. They're buying them so that they will feel successful. And they will feel a status. Now there's nothing wrong with that. That's not a criticism. Uh, We all have different views on that. But that's the reality. You know, if I'm going out to buy a new surfboard. If John wants a new surfboard, John wants a new surfboard for a reason, you know? Um, And there, there could be multiple of those. I may have broken my last surfboard. So my problem is that I no longer have a surfboard and I love to surf. So the act of buying a new surfboard is that I'm going to be able to do the thing that I love to do and that's actually what I'm buying. I'm not in it solely for the surfboard. I'm in it for the outcome that that surfboard is going to produce for me. And so how this ties back to emotion is that if I can see when I'm going to buy that product, if I can feel that outcome, if I can have that outcome picture painted for me, I'm going to feel the emotions... That I, that I would feel when I have that product and I'm doing that thing, I'm experiencing that outcome, that benefit in my life. And if I can feel that when I'm in the process of buying a product, then my, my emotions have been triggered, that subconscious part of my decision-making has been fired, and then I can consume the logic to support that decision. And so this is where you take your product descriptions or any other product copy you might write to the next level is by focusing on how the product that you're selling is going to provide the outcome that the customer is seeking, the solution to their problem, the benefit in their life, however you want to term it right? You want to paint the picture of how your product is going to do that and what that is going to look like for the customer. And so if you can do that, then your product descriptions will um, will play a much larger role in the chance of conversion on your site, particularly if you're doing that and no one else, none of your other competitors are doing it. And you know, this brings us to an important part thing, right? You don't need to be an A grade level copywriter to make this work. You don't need to hire A grade level copywriters to make this work. The best copywriters in the world, they can charge six figures to seven figures for a single piece of copy, right? You don't need to be them. This is the important thing to note. You don't need to be amazing at copy. The, the little, um, setup that I'm going to walk you through here will, in my experience, produce better copy than 99% of your competitors. So in any market, your goal is just to be better than everybody else you're directly competing against. It's not to have the best copy in the world, right? Because the reality is for a high-ticket dropshipping store, you're very unlikely to have the best copy in the world, but all you need to do is have better copy than your competitor's to experience the conversion rate benefits of doing this work in copywriting. And so, just think of it this way. This isn't like an extra task for you to do. You're going to be writing unique descriptions anyway. This is more about saying, if you're going to be writing unique descriptions for SEO benefit at the same time, write them so they benefit your business from a copy perspective. And the great thing about this is, is that if you write your descriptions for That Those two things are not in conflict, right? Writing for SEO and writing great copy, it's the same thing. If you write great copy, you're going to be writing great text for SEO as well. So what's the most important is not that you do these things separately or twice. It's just that you understand what things you need to include from a copy perspective, a copywriting perspective into your SEO work. And if you do that, then you'll have made everybody happy. You'll make your customers happy, you'll make search engines happy and you'll make your wallet happy at the end of the day. So, I've kind of gone through some theory there um, and what does that actually mean though for a product description? Like what does that actually have to look like on a page? Um, And so that's what I'm I'm just going to run through now. There's basically what you do is you want to break a description down into a series of sections so when I'm writing a product description I, I think of my description in a um, <clears throat> a series of sections and so this is what the sections are you have what's called the primary promise the prime and, and it needs to follow this order right there's a specific order here and what this order does is it one hooks the reader in, to reading the description, right? Because a lot of people are just scrolling through your page uh, really quickly. You know, people's attention online is very short. Uh, It's like seven seconds or something like that on a page these days or something like that. So the first step is to hook them in. The next step is to start hitting those emotions, start triggering those emotions that they need to feel. Um, And so, and, and walking through that, then once they feel the emotions, then you can provide the logic and then, you can call them out to take the action. So the the parts of our description are the primary promise, the unique mechanism, emotional benefits, proof, and a call to action, right? So every product description you write should have those five elements. Primary promise, unique mechanism, emotional benefits, proof, and a call to action. So what are each of those? Well, the primary promise is basically the headline for your description. So um, if you think about probably what a lot of you have learned about um, <clears throat> writing um, descriptions for SEO is that your description should start with a headline or a heading, a, a piece of text that's like h hashtagged. Um, and that should include some keywords. That's what most people learn. And so how that manifests on most people's sites that I've seen who have learnt this is that they have a H2 tagged heading, which is basically just a, a, a rehash or identical to the product title, which is also the page title and the H1 tag page title. Now, that's not a problem, but honestly, it's a bit of a waste of space. So um, this is probably something Ben would love to pick me up on later, and I'm happy to argue this. Just simply restating your your title, your product title as that H2 heading is pointless. It's repetition. You don't need repetition on your page. There is no SEO benefit to doing that. And it's a wasted opportunity, right? Simply restating. So the purpose of the, the, the primary purpose from a conversion perspective of that title is to grab the reader's attention and to stop them scrolling down the page. The benefit of a H2 heading for SEO is minuscule. And I'm happy to argue this with people. It's There is a benefit to having it there and to having a H2 heading that includes a keyword or two um, that are relevant to that particular product, which is honestly going to be the product's name. You're not going to rank a product page for um, higher up the funnel type search terms for a high ticket dropshipping site that is. But it's a missed opportunity because that's, you, you. think you've got to think of that like a heading, like a headline on a blog, a headline on a piece of sales copy. And great copywriters will tell you they will spend 80% of their time perfecting their headlines and their couple of introductory paragraphs on a piece of sales copy that might be thousands of words in length. That's where they will spend the most time because if you don't get the hook in there, people will not read the rest. They'll just scroll past it. So, um, the primary promise is your headline. And so, what that should look like, and this can still work for SEO. So, don't, if anybody's getting their knickers in a twist about the, the SEO impacts of what I'm saying, there, there are none. I'm not detracting from your SEO. You're, you should start your description with a H2 tagged headline that's in bigger text that stands out and it can include the keywords for that product still but what it should also do is state the primary promise of that product. What is the number one thing that that product is going to do for the reader, for the purchaser, for the person who buys it? What is the number one thing about that product? What is its biggest promise? What is the thing that it does that no other products in that market do? What is its number one selling point? And what is the benefit of that? So this is what you're trying to do, right? So when you're you're writing this, you're looking at the product. You might be looking at the, the description you got from the supplier. And most products will have one or two, at least one or two points that they really sell themselves on. Like what is the thing about this product that makes it great? What is the number one thing? Now, there might be a series of things about a product that make it great right that that it might even do differently to other products in the market there might be a series of things but what you want to do is pick the biggest thing right the biggest thing and that becomes your headline right so the biggest thing that becomes your headline and so it can still include um the 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 you uh, can still include as I say keywords about it. So I'm going to try and talk through an example here. There's, there's an example of of doing this that I actually include in my course, Dropship Breakthrough, where I go through all of this in detail, video videos and all that sort of thing. But um, I, I did an example uh, description for the students there, which was of an infrared sauna. So you know a high ticket product, infrared sauna. You know it's a you know uh, I don't know probably a four or five thousand dollar product. This particular sauna. Um, And so, you know, the product title is, uh, you know, Clearlight Two-Person Infrared Premier IS-2 Sauna, right? That's the product title. Now, what most people will do is they'll cut and paste that and put that as their H2 heading at the start of their description. So how I wanted to flip that is by looking at what's the largest claim that that brand, Clearlight is the brand, has about this particular sauna. And at looking at the supplier's information, I could see that they claimed that it was 20 it had 25 times more heating power and efficiency than competing saunas on the market. Now, at this point, obviously I can't test if that's true. I, I do have to take the supplier's word for it, and so do you, right? That's all you can do. So I'm not going to debate whether that's true or not, but that was the number one claim. Now, there were some other things about that product. There are some other things that make it different, that are different to what other people do, but that was the number one thing. So I'm going to pick that up and my heading for that section is experience 25, more heat, 25 times more heating power and efficiency with the Clearlight IS2 Infrared Sauna. So that's my primary promise. Is that if somebody buys this particular infrared sauna, they're going to get 25 times more heating power and efficiency with the Clearlight IS2 infrared sauna. And so, right there, that's interesting, right? Now, if I'm a, if I'm somebody who's who's looking to buy this sauna, I'm going to read that and I'm going to go, "Wow, that sounds amazing, right? That sounds that's grabbing my attention right here." Um, I want to find out how this sauna is doing that, and so um, what I've also done there, though you can see, I've still included the product name, the brand, and the and the and the the model name in that primary promise statement. So from an SEO perspective, I'm still getting that in there, right? Which I would have got in there any anyway, but I've just put some other stuff around it or with it to grab the attention of the reader. And so that's what you should do with the start of your description. That's the primary promise. So once we've hit the primary promise, we're then going to go into a few paragraphs of just body copy, right? Um, You've got somebody's attention. Now what you want to do is to follow on with that primary promise, you want to paint a picture a little bit of what that person is going to experience in their life when they've got that product there, right? So how are they gonna use it um, and, 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 and what is that actually gonna be like for them? And so what I do next is, to follow on with my primary promise, is I will just dis- like sort of describe not the product, but describe a way that people will use the product and take advantage of that primary promise. Um, so here's, here's just what I threw together on this one so imagine waking up in the morning after a great night's sleep you've got a busy day ahead, don't we always write and you want to get your day on track as quickly and effectively as possible you roll out a bedwalk 5 metres and plick, flick on your personal infrared sauna while you wait for it to quickly run up to operating temperature you make a coffee and then you jump in and relax into your sauna just a short 15 minutes later, your sauna session is finished you're energized and ready to smash out an awesome day doing whatever it is you do best. So that's it. So what I've done there is I've just painted a really quick picture about how somebody might use this product. Now, a lot of people who buy these products are buying them for performance enhancing reasons, right? So improving their health, improving their performance, their focus, all of those sort of things. Now I know that, that's that's the market I'm trying to hit with this product and so I'm describing the use of it for those people in particular. Um, but what I'm really doing there is I'm trying to paint a picture of what that person is gonna experience. So they're gonna experience that it's quick, that they're gonna feel great afterwards and that they're gonna be able to get out there and have an awesome, you know, awesome day afterwards doing whatever it is they do best. That's what people are buying. They're buying the fact that they're going to be energized. They're going to feel great. They're going to go and be awesome. The sauna is secondary to that, the actual sauna, right? But they're buying that outcome. And so I'm hitting that early on in the description so that people can start feeling that emotion. The picture is in their mind now of them doing that. And when the picture's in their mind, they can start feeling that emotion. So that's my primary promise section. The next thing you're, that we go into, and that you have to follow up on, is called the unique mechanism. So the unique mechanism is essentially the second section of your description, and that should be uh, headed up once again with a, a new H2 tag headline. So it's an, it's basically another section. So you break the sections up in your description with H2 tagged headlines, right? And so. The unique mechanism is then going to be a a description, if you like, or an explanation of how the product delivers on the primary promise. Okay, now it's very important. When you're writing copy, you can't just make claims. If you make a claim, you have to follow it up with evidence and part of the evidence there's a, few, there's a couple of parts to evidence, and I'll talk about the second one in a moment. But the first part of evidence is by explaining how the product does it. What's the mechanism via which the product provides the primary promise? So if you make the primary promise without providing the unique mechanism, it just sounds like a, mark, a claim. And these days, people are pretty savvy to marketing claims that are unsubstantiated. Like, people expect you're going to say your product is awesome, right? You're the person who's selling it. You want them to buy it. People know that. They know you want to make money. And so, the the onus is on you to prove that your product can do what you say it's going to do. And part of that is actually breaking down the how. And so, that's the next section. So, for me, the claim I made is that this particular sauna is going to deliver 25 times more heating power and efficiency so that's my primary promise now i need to talk about what is the mechanism that enables the product to do that so like what is the actual physical uh, elements of the product that allow it to do and to deliver on that primary promise so my h2 um, tag for this section for the unique mechanism is how does the clear light is two bring the heat. So how does it deliver that heat promise base promise and efficiency. It's it's a question right. So because I've made the claim the next question people are going to have is well how does it do that right. How is it different. How does it do that. And so if I put it in as a question it follows with pe- what people are thinking. And so then I go into an explanation and I won't read the whole thing necessarily because it's, it's a bit longer. but this particular sauna has a, a trademark piece of heating technology that they call true wave full spectrum heating technology right And so that's what I'm going to explain. so I, 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 after that heading I say our clear light ice 2 infrared sauna features trademarked true wave TM full spectrum heating technology. the true wave heaters produce 1,000 watts of energy blah 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 blah, blah. Um, and so on and so and, I, and so I break that down. In simple terms, you know, you don't want to get super technical. You just want to break it down a little bit. Um, and I say that these, you know, how much heat these produce, how quickly they produce it. Um, it's 25 times more than the closest competitor product. And, um, you know, that then gives people the start of the logic. right? So now, you know, if they're feeling the emotion. They've, they've been hooked in by your promise. The unique mechanism is providing proof, but it's also providing a bit of logic to support the emotions that they're they're feeling. So that for me in this particular, the unique mechanism section for me um, is I think in my particular description, it's about 100 words, right? So what we're aiming for here is you want for SEO purposes, your description to be 300 plus words of unique content. And for, for a copy, it's probably going to easily... If, you, if you're going through this, this process that I'm talking about, you're probably going to end up being over that almost always to do the job that I'm talking about. So it's, it's kind of good from that perspective. The unique mechanism for me is um, yeah, probably about 100, 150 words. Those introductory paragraphs, you know, it's probably, I don't know, going to usually be 50 to 100 words. You count into the headings and that's that. So I go through and I explain... My unique mechanism, so how how does how does the product do the thing that it does, and then I want to start talking about um, what are the other benefits of the product, what are the other features and what are the benefits of those because you know we you want to spend a bit of time on the biggest thing about the product right because that's what that's going to be the primary reason that people buy the product, but they do want it. You do still need to explain, well, what are the other features? So after I've gone through the unique mechanism, I'll then go into and say, here are five other awesome reasons why this is the perfect infrared sauna for you. And so here I go into dot points, right? So dot points are fantastic, a fantastic way to deliver information. People love to read dot points, right? It breaks, dot points break break text up, really nicely. they provide a bit of wa- bit more white space actually on the screen which is good on mobile devices. Uh, and it's just a nice little way to deliver things. So I will usually go into I mean how many dot points you have isn't really the important element of this, but I find usually I'll try to go for about five um, and once again but it could be more. don't get me wrong, could be more. Um, <clears throat> but I, I usually find minimum of three. Five is a good number for me, but if if you have a reason to do more than that, then do it. Now, when it comes to features, a lot of people have probably heard that you need to have features and benefits. So if if you talk about a feature, you need to express the benefit. I like to take it a little bit further and do what I call emotional benefit statements. Once again, your features bits provide an opportunity for you to trigger emotion. Um, by telling people how that particular feature, like painting a picture of how that particular feature will look in their life, right? So let's say um, that I am just going to pick one of, from this particular description, I'm going to pick um, <clears throat> one of. Uh, my features. So a feature of this particular sauna is that it has, it uses, it's built from wood, right? Uh, It's all pretty much all wood apart from the electrical elements. And so the wood contains non-toxic materials, right? So this is the feature it's built with non-toxic materials. So if you're just doing a simple feature statement, it would be this sauna is built with only eco certified grade, a cedar or or basswood. Right, that's the feature. So, what a lot of people is they'll just put the feature, and that so the, that by itself is logic, right? It's logic, but you can do more with that, right? The problem with just stating features, particularly on high ticket products, is that they can sound really difficult, they're really difficult to understand. So, if I look at another one, another feature of this product is low electromagnetic field right now and and the, the follow up to that would be this infrared sauna has the lowest and safest EMF levels of any infrared sauna on the market now, as a reader, like what what the hell does that mean? right? Most people when they're buying a product, they're not an expert in that product, right you're the expert it's your job to explain how these complicated things actually benefit the reader. You can't leave it up to your reader to try and understand that, to make sense of that, to go out and research it. That's ridiculous. If somebody has to go out and work out what does lower electromagnetic field, what is an electromagnetic field for shit's sake? I don't know. Uh, and I didn't know until I started writing descriptions for this sort of product, right? I'm not a physicist. I sucked at school, you know, uh, but I've got money to buy this product, but its you can't leave it on me to go out as the customer and research what that actually means and why is it good for me you have to tell them. and if you can't tell them, honestly you don't deserve to sell that product quite frankly, right? So um, going back to going back to the non-toxic material so if the if the feature statement is this sauna is built with only eco-certified grade acedar or basswood, the next bit I could add on to that is the benefit. Um, so the benefit is, is that it's guaranteed to be toxin free? Now that's that's good, right? So that that's better than just listing the, the the statement, right? Because I've 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 now put some more meat onto what that actually means, right? So um, it's it's going to be toxin free. Now you can assume that a lot of people at that point are then going to go, oh great, yep, okay. I get that it's toxin free, and I, I get I, I can probably work out that that's actually a good thing for me, right? A lot of people are bu- most people are buying this product for health benefits, so it's a good thing that it doesn't include uh, materials in it that are unhealthy, because that would kind of make the whole health benefits point of the product less impactful if it included uh, materials that were potentially toxic, right? Or at least toxic in the mind of the person who's buying it. Um, but you can take it a step further, right? What you want to do once again is after you is to attach some emotion to that benefit. And you do that once again, by painting a tiny little picture of what that means, what that benefit means for the customer. And so what I do is, I would say for that one, non-toxic materials, this sauna is built with only eco-certified grade A cedar or basswood. It is guaranteed to be toxin-free. That's where my normal just plain old benefit statement would end. But I will continue it on with, so that you don't have to worry about harmful chemicals entering your body while you use the sauna. All right, so right there, I basically told the person what they're going to think. Or what they're not gonna think, what they don't have to worry about. Um uh, and so that once again, when they read that, that makes them feel something, relief. Right? Their mind is at ease now with this product. And once again, you could say, Oh, well, you know, I mean the benefit, they they would have thought that anyway, but no, they wouldn't. Always in marketing, if you want somebody to think something, to feel something, you have to tell them. You can never leave it up to their own imagination, and you should never leave it up to someone's imagination because a lot of people have very active imaginations that are not always correct. Right? So you need to tell them exactly what to feel, what to think before you make the offer to buy your product. Right? And if you can do that, then your conversion rate is going to be better. So another really simple of, um, of this, easy assembly. It's another, another feature of this product. So these, these sort of infrared saunas, they come in pieces. You have to put them together before you can use them. Um, <clears throat> once again, easy assembly is my feature. My benefit is the product is easy to install in just one hour. All right? That's my benefit. You can install it in just one hour but I'll take that a step further, which means that you can be relaxing in your new sauna as soon as possible, even if you've never installed one before, right? So once again, what's a worry that people might have when they're buying one of these products? Yeah, Ah. okay. So a potential barrier is that I'm going to have to set it up. I'm going to have to put it together and I'm worried that I'm going to screw that up that it's really hard, that it's really complicated. right? So one of the claims of this product is that it's easy to put together and you can do it even if you have no experience doing it. So you need to tell people, most people will just say their, their feature benefit will be easy assembly, that'll be it. That's lazy, don't stop there. Tell people what that means for them. right? So once again, I'm making somebody feel relieved, I'm making somebody feel good emotions about this product You know, I've given them the logic that it takes an hour and that it's easy, but I'm going, taking it a step further by saying, by painting the picture of relaxing in your your new sauna ASAP. And you can do that even if you've never installed one before or never assembled one before. So, this is what you need to do with your feature benefit statements. You need to think about okay, so what does that benefit actually look like? in someone's life what does it actually mean in real terms and then put that on put that in put that on the page tell somebody paint the picture right you want to paint the picture so that's our emotional benefit so we've gone through we've got a primary promise we've got our unique mechanism in there which is how the big thing works then we follow it up with another bang 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 These are the features. These are the benefits. This is what you're going to experience as a result of those benefits in real terms that you can see in your head. We then want to follow that up with proof. Now, once again, proof, I think this gets easier. So the best, what's proof? Proof is further proof that your product actually works and does what it says it will do. Now, if you're selling a product for the first time, this may be difficult, and this may be something that you need to add in later. I'm going to say that because the best form of proof is proof from other people. So reviews, text reviews, video reviews are fantastic ways of demonst- are the best ways of demonstrating proof. So what I will do is if I've got reviews for the product. I'm gonna chop some of those into the description at that point, right? So after I've gone through my emotional benefits, I've gone bang, 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 dot points. Here's what other customers experienced with this product. Now, this is not your main review widget. That can still appear on the page below the description or in a tab or wherever you're putting that. I'm just gonna pick out three to five fantastic reviews of the product and i'm going to put them into the description right so as images you can cut them in as images whatever you want to do right i'm going to put them in there um, if i've got video reviews of the product i would insert the videos there so you'd chuck the videos up on youtube and you would embed them in a seo friendly way into your description at that point so people can because now people are primed to watch those and say yes those reviews tally with the emotions that I'm already feeling. They're primed to see at that point that other people are having a great experience with them and it follows a logical order because if you provide the reviews before people understand how the product works, once again, it's not the right order, right? Reviews will have more impact once you've already framed the person around the product with your primary promise, your unique mechanism, your emotional benefits, the reviews are now providing logic, further logic. They're locking the person in further by saying, if you're feeling good about this product, that's right because other people have also felt good about this product. All right? So you get some reviews in there. That's the best form of proof. Now, there are other, also other forms of proof in the high-ticket space. So if you can't do reviews in the traditional sense because you don't have some, there sometimes are other options. So a lot of products, for example, will have um, like third-party research behind them. So research behind the technology. There may have been scientific papers on them. Um, they may have been tested and certified by other you know, certification bodies. Uh, they may meet certain standards, Um you know, they, they, there can be different ways to look at proof. And, and if those exist, um, then include them. You know, so if there is a scientific paper done, let's say, or some sort of research project done on the technology that lies behind a product, at that point, you can put a link to it in your description. You can say, this, you know, this technology was looked at by researchers from the University of California, and this is what they found that it does blah, blah, blah. And here's a link to the full thing. It's proof. It's proof that the thing works. And that is still fantastic. Or maybe it was reviewed in, you know, I don't know, like uh, Forbes or something like that. You know, some, somebody did a review of it in, in the media. Proof, once again, that the product um, may do what it says if it's a positive, a positive thing. So you're looking around for, all of that sort of information. Now, if your supplier has reviews of the product on their website, you can use them. Uh, we've talked about this on the podcast before about the ethics of using reviews from other places. And I think you know, you can use reviews from your supplier if they solely are about the product in question, it's still relevant. So um, you wanna include three to five points of proof if and when you can. Now, once again, if you can't do it in the beginning, because um, that you just haven't found that stuff yet or you haven't generated it in your own right via selling the product, then don't sweat it. You just need to come back and insert that into your copy when you do get it, right? But you know, if, you, if you're coming to this and you've been selling products for a couple of years and you've already generated reviews about them, then you can start putting that in, right? If you're If you're updating your product copy. So once you've provided proof, then you're gonna to wanna to jump into um, the last steps here, which is <clears throat> pushing the action button, right? So once again, somebody's gone through your copy, they're they're primed now. They're 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 framed, they're feeling good about the product, they've experienced the emotions, they've um <clears throat> they've got the logic that they need to for their conscious mind to um, confirm that that subconscious decision was is the right one to make. This is the right product for them. It's going to provide the solution and the outcome in their life that they desire. You need to now actively tell them what to do next. Once again, so you need any time in marketing, like this is Marketing 101. If you want somebody to take a physical action on your site, tell them to take it right and like anywhere anywhere you want somebody to take an action have a call to action and so people say well my add to cart button is my call to action and yeah that i mean that's true it is the call to action the main call to action on the page but somebody's just read your description which might have been 500 words long when they get to the bottom of it they ain't looking at your call to action button anymore because they're on a mobile device and that's way back up the page right so you need to call them out at that point. Once again, you want somebody to take an action. You need to explicitly tell them to take it. Don't leave it up to chance that they're going to do what you want them to do. Tell them to do it. And so I'm going to have, after I've gone through my proof, just a, a summing up paragraph, short paragraph, and I'm going to tell them. So I'm going to say, the clear light Ice 2 Infrared Zone will provide you with the most convenient and powerful way to experience The multitude of health benefits of regular sauna use in the comfort of your own home. So I've got a paragraph there that just sums up everything else that I've told them in the the description, right? So I'm bringing them back to what they're trying to achieve. Then I say, hit the green buy now button and we will quickly, quickly ship your very own easy to install sauna to your front door today. Call to action. I've told them what to do explicitly, it's a green buy now button. You know, you can say uh, on this page, or you can add a bit in there, or or you can insert the button actually below your description if you want to. Um, And we'll quickly ship your very own easy to install Sonnet to your door today. Call to action, nice and simple. Um, The reader is not in any doubt as to how they now uh, take advantage of this, uh, of what they're feeling, and to get one of these things into their hands right now. And that is the end of the description. So just to summarize that quickly, primary promise, unique mechanism, emotional benefits, proof, and then a call to action. Now, if you can do that for your products, and and once again, I've been using keywords throughout this, all of that sort of thing. So from an SEO perspective, I've got H2 tagged headings, all that sort of stuff. From an from a SEO perspective, it's 100% fine. From a copy perspective, uh, if you can do that, I will guarantee you almost always you will have better copy than your competitors. This is not the be-it-all and end-all of copywriting. There's much more advanced stuff you could layer on top of that and put around that. But that's the framework that for high-ticket dropshipping will al- almost always give you the best copy in your market uh, amongst your direct competitors so that's a framework that I give to my copywriters that I employ to write descriptions for me and for my clients this is the exact um, setup we get them to write around <clears throat> and and whatnot now you might be saying okay well I've got to have specifications and all of that sort of thing as well and maybe there's some user manuals and things like that that I put in my description area yeah great put those in don't don't skip out on those. I will usually put specifications in their own tab, so that it, like on a tabbed product description, so that they're separate from the main copy, um, but the customer can still easily access them. And if there's any manuals and things like that, I'll put them below the call to action, in their own little section. Right. Um, it's really important when you're writing copy not to interrupt the flow of the copy. Don't go putting, you know, extra little bits and pieces in there to break that up. Put them either in their own section, their own tab, or below the primary copy. You still need to include those though. The specifications, they're once again, a logical element. So they don't have much impact unless the person's emotions have been triggered. Um, And the other reason I think secondary to, like why this sort of copy is of a benefit is that when you're only bottom feeding, Right? When you're only getting bottom-of-the-funnel traffic, copy is not as effective because people's minds are already largely made up. They've already experienced the emotional thing and blah, 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 and now they're just looking for the right place to buy it from, right? Um, and, and that's a different set of information that you're delivering. That comes back to your USP and how you communicate that on the page. Um, this is just about the product. But when you start developing more top-of-funnel traffic, right, and you're now putting yourself in the position where you, you're actually trying to convince people at, at, at part of their customer journey about the products on your site, then, and that comes with a lot more organic traffic and things like that when you're developing that, then this sort of copy becomes more and more effective and more and more important, right? So um, that's a mechani- That's the mechanism I would suggest you follow, um give it to your give it to your vas um take your vas through that uh you know have a bit of a play around with it and um yeah like i say you're going to get better 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 copy when you're writing copy look don't focus on you know the, the the tone of your copy should always be conversational like you're talking to a person so when, if you're going to be writing the copy yourself, just think about how would you talk to a person? Like if you had to actually talk to a person and run them through this stuff, how would you talk to them? Type that. Don't focus on whether do I need to sound like this or need to sound like that. Just type it, conversational term, uh, tone, use conversational words. Writing conversationally is also great for search engines. Okay, so search engines comprehension now of the written language is at least as good if not better than many humans okay so once again this notion of writing for search engines kind of doesn't really exist anymore in some senses right if you write for a human you're now writing for a search engine in 2021 and beyond right so write like you talk write like you're talking or encourage your 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 people you're outsourcing this to 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 do so, um, and it'll be fine. Don't dig too much into that. That's that's not really that important anymore. So that's the setup. Give it a crack. Uh, I'd love to hear what you think about it. If this raises questions for you at all, um, then please post them up in the Facebook group. Uh, you can put comments on the post in our members area, of course, on on the episode in the members area. Um, I'll be more than happy to answer any of those or anything like that Um, but dive in and give this stuff a go like don't underestimate the power of really nicely written product descriptions as an extra little hack if you like to writing descriptions if writing is something you find difficult um, it's important to note that this structure is what's important. But the actual words that you might put on there, there are some great tools that can help you with this. So we've mentioned them in an episode before, but there's a couple of tools that I will use to actually help me get um, words on a page uh, so that are AI-driven. So one is copy.ai. So you can get a website. That's actually the URL. It's also the name of the tool, copy.ai. Um, the other one is... Um, yeah. And now I've, I've gone and forgotten. Um, I'll remember the other one and I'll post about it somewhere. <laughs> I apologize, I've completely drawn a mental blank. It's like copywriter.ai, I think. So copy.ai dot, dot ai is my favorite. Basically, what that will do is you put some words in about your product into this tool and it will generate you actual copy. It'll generate you a whole paragraph of copy. You can just take that, like unique copy, right? You can take that and you can, you know, I mean, you don't have to cut and paste it exactly. You can tweak it. Um, but this, you know, really, these tools really help you to churn out copy in a greater volume in a shorter amount of time. You still have to edit it but it will get you the bones, if you like, of the paragraphs in your copy really quickly. And so, once again, these are tools that I actually give to my team to use. And I tell them, you need to use this. And for me, the reason I do that is is because they then churn out descriptions quicker, which means we get more work done in a shorter amount of time and in some senses... um, you know, uh, if you were uh, paying people per hour to do this, which once again, I wouldn't necessarily recommend. Um, I tend to pay people per description they produce. Um, but if you're paying them per hour, they'll get more descriptions done more quickly. And so you'll get more bang for your buck. So <clears throat> that's, um, that's a little tweak. Now, if you want to learn more about copywriting um, and, and this subject has really got your interest, and, and it should, it should get your interest, right? You having the ability to sell via text is like such a powerful thing right understanding how to sell and then being able to put that into a page and once again this would equate to video content as well so if I was going to sell something via video this would this description would actually be the script for my video it's the same it's exactly the same thing now I might tweak up the language a little bit because I'm going to actually be talking it on a camera. But nevertheless, I could pick up the description that I've written in this way and walk through it in a video. And I've got a video sales letter. That's that's essentially what it is. So learning how to... The, 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 the mechanisms that we've talked about here, the emotional triggers, how to do that. I mean, this is such a powerful thing for you if you want to be have long-term success in online business. Because once you know how to do this, you can literally sell anything. Like this stuff works whether you're selling a physical product, a service, an information product, a digital product, a software, SaaS product. Like this all, it's all the same thing. And and this is all born in sort of marketing 101 going back generations, pre-internet. Right, so exactly what I've talked to you about here. This is the same model that people were using in direct mail, in marketing via fax, um, you know, in books, in newspapers. Uh, It's it's there's nothing different here. Nothing changes because the psychology and the way that humans' brains work does not change. It has not changed. Right, we don't evolve that quickly. Right, our subconscious brain particularly works largely the same way that it did 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 500 years ago. Right, And yes, the way we consume these messages may have changed over time and our attention spans may have got longer or shorter, making some of these things more important. But fundamentally, the way that humans decide to take an action hasn't changed in the history of marketing. And so if you want to learn more about this topic then there's a few books that I would recommend that you read, right, if you haven't already. And we've recommended some of these. Um, And once again, you'll recognize some of the names here. Breakthrough Advertising by Eugene Schwartz is the number one book, right? You read that and your brain will just be like, wow. Like, it just... The way it's written, and there's a reason. It was written ages ago. There's a reason why it's still the number one book on this topic Any almost anybody will recommend. is because just the way it breaks all this stuff down, and, and you will read this and see a lot of what I've just told you. Right? This is where it comes from. Breakthrough Advertising, Eugene Schwartz. The second one, Scientific Advertising by Claude C. Hopkins. Another fantastic book written a long time ago. Um, And it's just so on the money. It's amazing. Uh, The Adweek Copywriting Handbook by Joe Sugarman. Uh, Once again, uh, direct mail. um, Absolutely amazing. Uh, Secrets of Successful Direct Mail by Richard V. Benson. And the last one I would recommend to you is The Ultimate Sales Letter, Attract New Customers, Boost Your Sales by Dan Kennedy. So those are my top five recommendations um, for if you want to learn more about uh, selling, <laughs> selling, but also taking that and and putting it into copy. Um, I could I could actually go on. I've got, got a whole other list, but you know these ones are on my on, on my bookshelf. Um, if I want some inspiration, if you know I'm feeling a bit of writer's block, if I you know that's just where I'd go to, and I've recommended um some of those like so many times to almost everybody Uh, to me if somebody was going into business if somebody said i'm going into business any business and i have no experience i've never sold anything before i would say to them the first thing you need to do is go and read breakthrough advertising followed by some of these other books right because it works in any market for any product you could possibly sell to anybody anyhow anywhere right so go and check those out if you can um but once again uh jump in implement some of this stuff in your business uh, i'd love to hear how you go with it, any questions you have um and uh yeah thanks for tuning in again to the dropship podcast um, as always we'll be back next week with a new episode uh benny We'll be back on deck. We're going to continue our dive into the SEO world and I can't wait for that. I'll talk to you then.